Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Man podcast. This is not Bill Cox, the director. This is Robert Koshy, the professor, doing a sub-in. Bill is out not feeling well tonight, Bill, so we hope you feel much better, but I am subbing in for the host, and we are glad you have joined us. We're continuing our No Church Answers tour tonight with podcast number 207. And once again, we are back in the studio. We want to extend a sincere apology to our normal listeners for any audio difficulties they've experienced, either with this podcast or our previous one with 206, as we are now moving towards having a new sound equipment. And so, hey, like all things, we're trying to break it in and learn it. And so we're trying to figure out how it works and what to do with it. And so now we are moving forward. So I'm joined tonight, since Bill is out, I'm going to sub in as the host. Joined tonight by Steve Titch, our professional gambler and policy writer. Kyle Trahan, the deacon, is here with us, insurance broker and retired prosecutor, but still an attorney. The judge, Michael Cropper, is also joining us this evening. And we are glad you guys are here with us, and we are very excited kick your Father's Day off weekend off right by joining us here for our very first live podcast. You want to be a part of it so that you can be here uh, with uh, us. June 19th. June 19th. I, I, I get my months mixed yeah, up. It happens, you know. And the 17th throws you off. Yeah, the 17th, but June 19th, Saturday morning, 10 a.m., Sugarland Baptist Church. Have a little bit more on that later. So we are in our Connect 360 in our eighth lesson as we continue through the first part of the Gospel of Mark. And tonight we're going to look at some new wineskins. You hear all the time from a church. So, but we're going to be looking at new wineskins in Mark chapter two. So I want to run around the room and get some additional thought processes. And I'm going to start with Mike, who actually put this lesson together and led it in Man Up this past week. Mike, go ahead. Yes, what are the text there, Robert? Uh, Mark what? what are Mark, Mark 2, 18 through 22 tonight. 18 through 22, folks, if you want to join mm-hmm. us. It's the most colorful story. You're all familiar with it. It has to do, as Robert mentioned, with Jesus' response to the Pharisees about wineskins, putting new wine in old wineskins, and putting new garment patches on old garments. Well, let me start it this way. Let me address it this way. Life is full of changes, folks. Well, today's lesson is a great lesson, which incorporates possibly the greatest change in history, and that's the great transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And in the scripture text that I mentioned to you, hopefully you're turning with us, uh, Robert or Steele will be reading in just a moment, the the podcast includes four colorful topics that we will address. Uh, fasting, the Pharisees asked Jesus why his disciples do not indulge in fasting. He answers three reasons his disciples do not follow the Pharisees' rituals of fasting. Number one, he answers with a wedding, an example of a wedding, a bridegroom, and a celebration. And he answers the Pharisees with an illustration from a wedding celebration. He says, we do not fast because we're celebrating. My disciples do not fast because they are celebrating with me. I am the bridegroom, but he doesn't say I'm the bridegroom. He says, the guests of the bridegroom do not fast while they are celebrating with the bridegroom. So it's real obviously, obviously he means himself. Then he answers another question. He says, an old garment cannot be repaired with a new patch. The old garment cannot be completed by adding a patch or repaired. Uh, And this we will look at also, hopefully, in depth. And then he also illustrates with new wine. He says, new wine cannot be poured into an old wine skin. You must have a new wine skin for the new wine. And we will read a little bit from Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. This is in a, in a relationship with God. Now, the, 
what we're addressing here again is the new covenant versus the old covenant. Jesus says that a new covenant is coming. So our text today does not use the word new covenant. You have to read between the lines and the illustrations which we which Robert has mentioned so far and which I just mentioned again. All right, guys. Perfect. Thank you, Mike. Right. Kyle. Why am I following that? <laughs> well, because I don't have to tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see why Bill hosts so many times. Because, you know, he gets to you know, lay the groundwork and then just come in behind and spill all the glory because, you know, we talk so well. Um, but, uh, you know, for mine, you know, I, I, I've heard this so many times about the wineskins. And, uh, you know, never truly understood. And I, I've, I've watched some... Uh, obviously, some biblical movies where they're showing, um, you know, various uh, shots that they would have had very authentic stuff. And I guess it never really took that much. St- I never took that much stock in what that meant. And when I was studying this lesson, I did go back and and looked up pictures and everything of what the wine skins are. And you know, a lot of times you say a wine skin, you think that little. Daniel Boone thing you fill up on the creek. It's a little calf skin with a little red stripe down the side and a little nozzle. And, I, I, but I these were, yes, well, I think most of them probably bring did. those to the podcast. <laughs> I, I bring my 40 ounce bottle of water. This is mine over here. It says Bubba on it, by the way. Uh, give a little plug to their thing. I, I love their uh, bottle work. But, you know, the wine skin was a, a big leather thing. It was. If you looked at a bunch of pictures on Google, I mean, some of them just looked like little animals and whatnot. It was like they took the the skin. So they and say just, they didn't hold a cork. <laughs> they did not hold a cork. And you know, uh, growing up, my my dad did do some wine making and stuff like that. And we had the bottles, and you had the little fermenter things and the little bubbles that would pop up and all. They didn't have this sophisticated stuff back then, so. As that wine would ferment and everything, it would expand that bladder and that leather or whatever they've got it in that if you tried to do that again, you know, you, you've stretched it to its capacity. It held that first round of wine. It's done, you know, and you just can't reuse it. So it was really interesting. I went and did some fun research that I've just never done. And uh, those pictures are really cool. Just Google and hit the images. Uh, wine skin, biblical wine skin. Ah, Steve. Well, um, we're off to a good start. So I'll, uh, I'll quickly point to uh, this once again takes us into the area of the tension between the law as handed down to Moses um, and written down and then later interpreted and commented on by the Pharisees, by which we get some <laughs> of this fasting because. If, if you go into the Torah, you will find that there are really only two fast days uh, commanded. Either one is the Day of Atonement, the other yep. is escapes me, but uh, to which the Pharisees added a whole lot. Now, we've talked about fasting. Fasting is a, a good discipline to have. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but the Pharisees turned it into a ritual uh, where they were doing it uh, Monday, Mondays, and Tuesdays, Mondays and Thursdays. Yes, and, and so it kind of became with, uh, uh, as such things do, a contest. Uh, I'm, you know, I can fast two days a week. I can fast three days a week. And uh, if somebody wasn't doing, as in this case in the story, you know, questions were asked, uh, heads were scratched, uh, fingers pointed, all of that. Uh, but uh, it takes us to the tension between, as, as I said, the law written by Moses and the law that is written on our hearts uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, which I think is in the Jeremiah passage Mike yeah. referenced. So uh, this is going to be cool. Yeah, it, It's one of those, I'm sure somebody, well, you know, when Annas was high priest, he fasted three days a week. Caiaphas, though, he only does it two days a week, so he does not, you know, it, it's one it's of those. always <laughs> gossip. Oh, yeah, you know. The gossip, you know, and then it's the one-upmanship. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can do this. Well, I can do one little bit better. This is the biblical equivalent of hold my beer. <laughs> in a yes. lot of ways it, it is the biblical equivalent of hold my beer you know and, and I, I'm gonna you know that was so great hold my wine hold my wine there you go there you go hold my wine but you know this is one of those where 
I, I that was great. I, I'm going to take a real little spin on it, and I'm going to relate it to you can't construct new stuff with old stuff because when you mix your constructions, then you have problems as you go through because now you've got a different construction going on. And so I'm going to relate it to constructing your faith. And you have to do constructing your faith to do things. And I'm going to read our scripture, and after that, we will take our first break. Mark 2, 18-22. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the deaf to the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. And, and as I was talking about, I kind of related that to a little bit. Last week we talked a little bit about the evangelical crowd and how they're big on, I have to deconstruct or tear down my faith. And, and I thought about this in the concept of construction, because if you're going to build something, you know, easiest example, several of our listeners know, and I know Kyle, I might know very personally, year and a half, almost, almost two years now, my family had a water incident and in that we had a pipe break and everything went through. And I looked at it and I said, well, we can't take the bottom cabinets out and keep the top cabinets. Top cabinets were fine. Nothing happened to them because it would look silly. Yeah. And at the same time, we ripped out all of our, all the baseboards were gone. Well, I said, well, we can't leave the trim. We might as well replace all of the trim. That way we have consistent trim throughout. So I like to think about it when you're looking at constructing your faith. If you start just trying to add the faith onto the old things that you have mm. or the old ways, then you risk tearing. And I think that's a lot of what we are seeing here with people that they don't start with that foundation of their faith. It turns into an eclectic. Yes. Yes, Jumbled it does. mess of, <laughs> it could possibly be yep. a jumbled mess yep. of thoughts. And All right. That's interesting. And we will pick that up right after our first break. The Man Up Podcast No Church Answers Tour is going live. That's right. The gambler, the professor, the judge, the deacon, and me, Bill Cox, the director, will record a podcast with a live audience Saturday, June 19th at 10 a.m. up on the third floor at Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland. For our listeners in the Houston area, this is an awesome way to begin your Father's Day weekend. So come on down. Meet the fellas and be part of the show. Admission is free, so be sure to get here early. We've got a special Bible study plan, and there will even be some audience participation. And yes, the show will post a few weeks later in our regular feed. So that's the Man Up Spiritual Oasis live podcast recording, 10 a.m., Saturday, June 19th at Sugarland Baptist Church. The exact address is 16755. Southwest Freeway, approximately that's Highway 59 and Sweetwater Boulevard, Sugarland, Texas. Hope to see you there. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 207. And we are talking about constructing your faith, new wineskins, and fasting from Mark 2 18 through 22. Mike, you, you had led this in, in the Man Up class this past week. So t- talk a little bit about that Jeremiah passage. I, I turned to Mark. You wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. I was turning to Jeremiah, and he, so he looks over and sees that. Uh, uh, let's see. Give me a minute to find that. I'll um, okay. say that. Uh, what, what are the, the, the old things we talked about this, Steve and I talked about, and, and Kyle? What are the, the rituals and the very specific things that we believe the new covenant? Did away with, and why would why you mention this? Even let me find Jeremiah. Right well, here. it was it was a lot of the sacrifices. 
And that was the big, that was yeah. among the big ones because uh, Jesus' sacrifice was the sacrifice once and for all. Uh, but it eliminated all these repetitive sacrifices and uh, demonstrations of atonement, uh, which were pretty bloody when you came down to it. Uh, you know, it was it was annual sacrifice. The, the, the so you would not be Peter's friend. Yes, and and, <laughs> and, and so you, and you had as as you go through Deuteronomy and Leviticus, you see there there are rituals for uh, slaughtering not only large animals like uh, calves and and lambs, but pigeons and and other small pigeons, doves, other smalls, different levels of of atonement. There's a sin offering, drink offerings, um, and but with lot, various types of, of offerings. Well, and it was interesting. I always thought about it being God made an equal deal because if you were poor, you could bring a dove. Mm -hmm. But if you were the rich guy, you better be showing up with the fatted calf. Yes. Right. You know, it was, was kind of, right. he, he was very equal. And I think that, that was part of the thing setting it up for Jesus because it was basically putting it that everyone is equal before God. I'm going to make it where everybody can get atonement, no matter what they're... You can't buy your way in. You use a key word there, Robert, which you mentioned, I think, many times. John addressed Jesus as the Lamb of God, right? I mean, you can't be any more clear than that. Let me read this right. Quote this passage, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, folks. This is the Old Testament. This is the prophet Jeremiah. He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, the Lord God, Yahweh, when I will make a new covenant with my house, the house of Israel, and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke. Though I was a husband to them. And notice that terminology. Notice the illustration there, folks. The husband, Jesus referred to himself as a bridegroom. And uh, he said, Not as a, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. In other words, I took care of them like a wife, like a family. But this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. And I will be to their God, I will be to them their God, and they shall be my people. And no man shall teach his neighbor, no more shall man, pardon me, teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for everyone will know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. And one of the passage, folks, I just looked at today in Luke, when Zacharias is predicting his son, his son John is being born uh, in Luke, the Luke 1, he says a covenant has come and my son will represent the, the prophet or the coming of the Lord who will pre present a covenant to the people. And this is still Old Testament because John hadn't been born yet, Jesus hadn't been born yet. Zacharias says they will, they will present a covenant that will make my people holy and righteous before me again. There's more more of that, but I just want to note, note that because uh, that's another part of the Old Testament, although we address it in Luke. But uh, anyway, so uh, Steve mentioned some things about the Old Testament rituals that are going away. The rituals were to show the people, but when the people came out of Egypt, when God brought them out of Egypt, the people had been worshiping the idols of Egypt, and many, many other pagan gods. So God had to start with them anew. And not only did he have to start with them anew, he had to be very specific what they do, couldn't do and what they could do so they wouldn't eat meat offered idols, they wouldn't eat meat that had blood in it, that had been uh, strangled. He had a number of things that we were told, and we addressed that in the New Testament, by the way, also. But Things that would have hurt them back then, pork or shrimp or mollusks, things of those things, uh, things of those nature. And dishes, if they were not clean back then, you could have picked up diseases because they didn't have running water, folks, like we have now. They didn't have restrooms. They didn't have the soap we have. They had to go wash the dishes most of the time in what the Nile River, which is not extremely clean itself. Well, by then they were out in right. the desert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, by the time yeah. this gets to them, so so it's it's uh, it 
There you are. There isn't even there isn't even that. <clears throat> I suppose there are sources to, of water to find if you know the desert well, and we're going to assume that Moses at least did because he did live out there uh, for some time. Yeah, before one of those little sticks with the yeah, he had a, right. a dowsing <laughs> rod. Right. Uh, but I, but I, but what, what you're saying, I'm not, I'm not really. No, what no, you're no. saying is true. You uh, and these, uh, these are important. But it does, it does raise a question um, that, that I. That we have a hypothetical here. No, no, it's not <laughs> hypothetical. No, no, it's 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 purely we 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 have this we have this illustration of of a new covenant in in the taking the form of you cannot you cannot pour old wine into no you cannot pour new wine into old wine skins you cannot you cannot take something by since you cannot take the construction of the of of what was past tradition say. And even past law, and this is what I get to get into, and and apply this new covenant to it. It, requi it requires an all new way of thinking. Yet still, in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says he's not here to erase the law. So that 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 raises my question here. Obviously, obviously, the, there's going to be no more need for these repeated sacrifices. You're, there's going to be no need for the dietary laws, and uh, they, there's even a big and ultimately there's big dispute after Jesus, the ascension, and when Paul comes on the scene, the big the big discussion over circumcision. So, did the law get erased anyway? What what was the difference between fulfillment and uh, you know uh, tossing uh, it out? The <laughs> uh. Okay, thought. <laughs> but I know in, in my mind, well, he, he seems going to put it in our hearts. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, the things that we had to be told not to do then, he sent the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left, he went away. He says, I will send the Holy Spirit back to you, and he will be your paraclete. He will be your teacher. He will guide you in what you need to do and what you cannot do. Sometimes we relate it to our conscience, uh, but I think the Holy Spirit can speak to our conscience. However you want to talk about that, I don't know. All I know is that that whenever we read Scripture today, when we read the New Testament, we read the Old Testament, you ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, and He guides you, and it's in our heart. Where Again, they had to be told exactly what to do and what not to do because they didn't have this guidance from the Holy Spirit. And they didn't have this new covenant in their hearts and their minds to guide them and help them in what they walk or how they walk. And Jesus gave a, a number of rules. Coming back to the Sermon on the Mount, love your neighbors yourself. Why? Worse than that, <laughs> it's not worse, folks, forgive me. Uh, harder to do than that is love your enemy. Yep. Give him your yeah. right, give him your yeah. power if he requests it, give him food if he wants it or asks you for it. If he asks for a cup of water, give him two, whatever he did. Jesus went, set these standards that are almost untouchable for us. But he said they're standards. It's important we keep that in mind. Because if, if and one of the perfect instances I brought this up and we talked about this is, is Jesus said, don't look at a woman and imagine that you were having sex with her or lusting after her. He says, don't do this. It's the same as doing it. His standards are so high. They are so pure. They are so above reproach that it's almost impossible for us to keep them. The Jews could not keep the Old Testament laws. They broke them. Jesus said, you will have trouble doing the new laws also, but you can ask me for forgiveness when you break the laws, or when you break uh, the, the rules, whatever you want to say. When so so is, is that yeah. fulfillment? It sounds like last week Robert said something very close to that. Okay. Is fulfilling the law the, the, the final aspect of being able to be forgiven and it's it's the forgiveness piece because in, in my mind in my mind so all that let's talk let's start with the dietary laws okay the dietary laws if you read through them and if you follow them it's actually quite healthy eating <laughs> you know it really is um, and Kyle like me he goes camping a lot too and it, cooking on the fire is fun <laughs> and and keeping it clean but by the same token, you wash things a little differently. You do things differently if you don't have running water and if you don't have all of that. 
And so they're living in a society without all those things. So easiest the other so the so all of those laws, a lot of those pork. Anybody ever ate bad pork? I have. It is not a fun experience. <laughs> I usually advise against it. Yeah, I, totally on accident, believe me. But but you could die. <laughs> you know, especially back then, there was no antibiotics. Right. So done along bad shelters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no 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 no. So so it took the that part of the law for sure. That was there for a reason. How they punish criminals? Okay. They didn't have a jail. They were running around with. So stoning your bad guys, you know, easier, <laughs> cheaper, cheaper, easier, quicker. When you start talking about some of the other things, yeah, he took away the he took away the punishment piece. That that mm -hmm. to me is what Jesus did is is sin demands blood and death. God allowed animals to sub in for that sin and death. Jesus took away the need for the sin and death because his his blood and death served that purpose and served it overall. And I think that's where it, it doesn't mean you can go out there and sin like crazy because, hey, all the ethical, moral things, you know, don't steal from people. Yeah, that's not a good idea. You know, don't, don't run around sleeping with whoever and whatever. That can have some pretty bad consequences. Um, here in Houston, we are on, it's June the 2nd, 2021, if anybody wants to date. One of the big stories going on in Houston right now is a dad got divorced, started, got a new girlfriend. New girlfriend started hanging, uh, like, really early. It wasn't like he waited, like, two years. Like, as soon as this, him and this girl started dating, they started hanging around. She tried to choke him, got out on bond. That's a whole nother discussion. But she has been charged now with killing his son. Okay, that's a pretty huge consequence because dad didn't want to be married or mom didn't want to be married. And then all of a sudden, he decides he needs a little something, something. So he brings a girlfriend into the house, introduces them to the girl, to the son right away. All these things, there's, there are societal things that exist for a reason. And all of those are a good idea. What Jesus did when he fulfilled the law, I think, he took away that ultimate punishment. What you're saying, there are natural consequences to natural rules that we break. Correct. Right? I mean, I mean right. that's just... Oh, absolutely. It doesn't, you don't necessarily, folks, have to, to do something that's spiritual and break a spiritual rule. But if you break a man-made law, usually there are consequences, natural consequences to it. The judge That's saying yes. <laughs> yes, no, no, but picking up and on the that. prosecutor. Yeah, picking up on that, but the, it seems, and going back to your idea of constructing your faith, and, and this yeah. is a good place to go with this um, about constructing your faith uh, anew, that I, I think too many Christians, or many, let's say I have too many, but many Christians are in an Old Testament mindset. They're worried, first and foremost, about obeying all the rules, trying to figure out what all the rules are, calling other people out for breaking the rules. But what I get from the New Testament and new ones is Basically, don't the, the advice is don't break the rules, but don't don't worry about them that much. You're, you're covered if you begin your walk with God, if you begin the relationship with God. And, and my 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 favorite verse, my life verse is Micah six eight, which which Micah rhetorically asks, you know, what does God want of you? And it's simply uh, uh, do justice, love kindness walk humbly with your God, that relationship is there, that that sums it up. And, you know, you could go through all the, the examples of the Torah, the examples of the service, Sermon on the Mount telling you how to live, but maybe it's human nature to get so caught up in the rules. Now, I'm going to kick it off to you, Robert, and anybody else who wants to talk about, about what happens when you get too caught up in the rules. I do. Well, and, and I'm curious, Kyle. Okay, so to me, if you get caught up in the rules, now you've got into legalism, number one, which, you know, the whole church dealt with that. 
early on. And then I, I, I you get so focused on the ritual. And Kyle, you grew up Catholic, so help me out here because I was Catholic light. But, but the focus becomes the ritual and the rules and the other pieces, and you ignore the faith parts as you go through. So yeah, I was uh, thrown back into Catholicism a little bit today. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a very good friend of mine. Uh, his wife passed away last night, and oh. uh, you know he called, and he's right up the road. So I run over to his house, and we were sitting there on his couch and everything. And, uh, and he says, hey, we're, uh, we're having lunch tomorrow with uh, Larry up the road. You know, why don't you come on down and have a bite? So, okay, great. Oh, when I walked in, there's about 20 some odd people sitting at this big old long table. Wake. Time um, for the wake. Uh, no, it was their regular Wednesday lunch thing. Ah. And I just mistook it. It was going to be a couple of guys going for a burger. <laughs> and it turned out to be this big thing. And it was a whole bunch of Catholics. And, you know, but you say grace uh, before dinner. And boy, I, I mean, I knew it right off the top of my head. There's never a missing a beat if you're going into a Catholic home of what prayer to say for for a blessing for meals, over, your yeah. meal, mm-hmm. over your meal. Um, and they were talking about some various things, and it was, oh, yeah, I don't know if I could do that on a regular basis anymore. You know? And, and uh, is it because it, because it, I remember that too, and it, it it's the exact same prayer for every meal, more it, or less. It, it is, it is. You go to my dad's house. <laughs> what's that? Bless us, O Lord, and these are Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Very, you still very keep good. Still yes. You know, the, the die in the valley. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, occasionally they'll throw in a little extra, um, you know, blessing the, the soul right. that have uh, departed mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But um, there were just so many rules. I mean, it was it was like you had the ten, you know, commandments, and you had some rules, and you had some food guidance, and you had a little this, and, and those were good. You know, just like in society now. Those laws are in place so that you don't do 130 miles an hour down 59. Yeah, but the pandemic's <laughs> over. You can't do 130 down 59 anymore. Trust me. <laughs> I, I saw a guy on the motorcycle. Did you get caught, Did you get pulled over? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. On the motorcycle, I started doing it. But, you know, so those, those kind of laws were good. But they started just tacking on and on and on. And as you do that, you know, you, you end up getting convoluted is the word I guess I'm going to use for that. It, it, it just gets all mucked up. What's real? What's not? What uh, what was the intent of the law? And it gets so skewed in my eyes. And, you know, there, again, nothing against Catholicism or anything else. Um, I'll still go to a mass anytime I need to or with family or, a, you know, a, a wedding or funeral. But... I don't think I could go back there. It was just, to me, you didn't study like what we do here. Um, even even the ladies today at the table were talking about the, you know, father, whatever his name was, father something, something, the, the pastor there. And, oh, well, I like this one's, uh, you know, the way he read the stuff. And then one guy, he just read his entire homily. You know, because I think that guy was so ingrained into his rituals that you have your, your big book, your book of mass. And you could have a, an altar boy holding the book out in front of you, and you're literally just reading just the read mass. And, don't have and to so have this guy didn't even, interesting. you know, I know the pastors make notes, and they, you know, keep themselves on track, and, you know, everybody does that. But this guy was just reading it, you know. And to me, I was like, oh, well, isn't that most of one, one quick last okay. point here that I, I've been wanting to make. Um, the author wrote it and um, says Jesus' coming was a, the beginning of something new. He did not merely come to repair and refurbish the rituals of Judaism, you know, the Old Testament mindset. He came to create an entirely new way of relating to God, a covenant that was not written on tablets of stone, but in the hearts of his followers. <coughs> You know, and that to me was very, very strong that, you know, I, I think about my own relationship with God. And because of this, 
I'm able to talk to God the way I talk to God. I didn't have to go through a priest. I didn't have to slaughter an animal to get something. I can go straight to him. So very cool stuff. All right. And with that, we are going to take our second break. This is podcast number 207, Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Me. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is podcast number 207. Man up, spiritual oasis for men. And we're talking about Mark 2, 18 through 22, and constructing your faith, and constructing from new in a new covenant. And Kyle just really, really kind of put it out there about how old stuff, if you try to keep doing it over and over the same way, really can become stale and kind of meaningless, for lack of a better term, because it's something you're just going through the motions. Uh, that's where I, I got in to my, take care my of, own yeah. walk in that religion was that I didn't get anything out of it. I was there to make the showing that I was there in church. Yeah, yeah. And and hey, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, I've been in Baptist churches that, that are, they don't have a prayer book or whatever, but I guarantee you there are certain Baptist churches I could walk into and you would get, the pastor would come up and say a prayer, you would sing two hymns, someone else would pray, the children would come up and do their thing. They would leave. The choir would sing a song. The sermon would be preached. There would be a song. And then the youth minister would come up and do the announcements. And then the pastor, either the pastor did a little blessing or you sang another song and everybody left. And it was the exact same ritual. And, and it, it was kind of a joke because it was like, don't tell me Baptists don't have a liturgy. Because <laughs> we do the same thing every Sunday. We just don't read it out of a book. But it is the exact same thing. And I think anytime you're into any of that where you put the ritual or the rules first, I think is when you do run that risk of just building onto something old and not really trying to renew to something different. I would call it a schedule. There you go. <laughs> oh, I know, no, you're right. How many things do we do that really are rituals? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it depends. Again, this comes back both. What I think Steve mentioned, maybe you mentioned Robert, it has to do with attitude. Yeah. Right? We do the same steps each week. Do we enjoy the worship with the music or do we go through and say, ah, oh, gotta make it through two more songs till it's <laughs> right? It really depends on how you look at it. I think that's important. I enjoy it now. Uh, I enjoy old hymns that my mother used to love and I thought stunk. In my teens, I thought, oh, these are Lord, let's get on with it. Let's get out of here. Let's go home. But now I love them. So so it depends on the situation you're in, really, whether it's a ritual. The Pharisees, when we were talking about fasting, when we were talking about the things they do, they did it for show. They wore certain tassels on their garments, uh, as many as they could get on, and they made their tassels longer if they wanted to appear real holy. So the fasting to them was to show people and remember, Jesus told him, he said, don't have long faces when you fast. Do not let people know you're fasting. And instead, uh, put, wash your face, put oil on your head, appear like you're very happy, and do not do these things in a manner that you get glory from other people. Because then you won't get any glory from your Heavenly Father. So attitude is a, is a really, really uh, great point on whatever we do to the Lord. And for instance, this podcast, do we do this because we like it or do we do it because we don't have anything better? It's, to do? it's a ritual. 
classic religious Biblical. disciplines mm-hmm. and tries to remold them into something. But it's interesting because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's a universal attitude. There's there's just like just like we know there are Christians in the room who have to announce, yeah, I've been fasting for 36 hours. <laughs> and I'm hungry. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, walking around the microphone and you know, or also make a big. I've been to church. I've been to church every 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 Sunday. I've been to church through the pandemic, uh, even though when nobody was there. You know, like like kind of where I what I'm getting at is they wear yeah, this right. this not it's not discipline. They, they're trying to out out suffer you out out. <laughs> out. But 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 I mean, where I'm going with this still, you go out you go out you know at a, at work and you have a little celebration. Somebody's retiring. Somebody got promoted. And you all go out to lunch at Olive Garden. There's always somebody who's there going, well, I'm a vegetarian and there's nothing on this menu I can eat. So, you know, there's always somebody who has to make a big deal of, of how they're, you know, how they're giving up something. So, so don't be that guy. You know, well, and, or order the salad. <laughs> yeah, there's well, always a salad, salad on the menu yeah. at Olive Garden. Well, and, and the thing is, if you look at it, Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees yes. praying in public. Mm-hmm. Go into your closet and do it in private. Mm-hmm. And, and I think maybe maybe that is the key here. Mm-hmm. The key is that the Jewish faith, as it was practiced in the Old Covenant way, in the Old Testament, was a very public faith. You had to go to the temple. You had to do the sacrifice. You had to do the things. And, and naturally, yeah. the human nature is one upsmanship yep. becomes yep. part of it. Yep. And then, but Jesus made made it a faith a very well. He didn't make it. He he reemphasized that that no, it's not about the public junk. Well, it's about the private and what you do with your relationship with God. You know, so forty days in the desert. What did he do? He went off by himself. Um, Garden of Gethsemane before you know the the Last Supper and all. Where was he at? He was off praying by himself. So it was the time that he was spending his time with God was private. Now, of course, in his ministry, his time with God was open in all of that publicness, and he was teaching people how to pray, how to act, how to be more godly, more Christ-like. But when he wanted to be alone with God, he retreated to his private place, wherever that was, wherever he could find that, you know, rooftop if he had to, to go have that private moment, meditate and talk to God. And, and, And that's the, you know, as we look at it and as we kind of start, you know, heading towards the end here and wrapping up, Kind of get some final thoughts as we wrap up the new wineskins into old and fasting. Constructing versus deconstructing. As we think about it, look at it. And want to kind of run around and get some final thoughts. So, Steve, start with you. The relationship with God the most important part. Don't worry about 
the the rules. Don't worry about uh, you know that old George Carlin routine. <laughs> and when 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 the priest would come visit the class for an hour, and that's when they'd save up all their questions about mortal sins, venial sins. If you if it's is it Friday, but then you don't eat meat, but then you cross the international date line. <laughs> meat and that kind of thing. Um, we, 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 it's, uh, live a faithful life. Live, a, a, live biblically. Try to. But the point is, is that you're never, you know, as I said, you're never going to do it. Paul pretty much laid it out. Following the law to the letter is humanly impossible. You can debate one day why, why God put that out there, you know, you can have a discussion about that, but nonetheless, it is humanly impossible. But at the same time, God knows that. That's why we've got. Uh, that's why we've got Jesus, who basically bridges that gap that we can't cross, and it replaced uh, a lot of um, a lot of cumbersome methods uh, that that were were part of an initial revelation uh, that went back to the time of Exodus, uh, but. Briefly speaking, and this I'd love to develop at another time. I think I think Revelation is progressive in the Bible. We get glimpses from the prophets later that it's not just about rules. We got we've got the reading from Jeremiah. Now we've got finally the this final revelation that comes from the incarnation itself, where God steps into the world and gives us a much clearer picture of what. What he really, what real purpose of of human humanity is, and the point of his creation is, and it's not about following the rules. It's about uh, relationship. We are created for relationship, and uh, to take this back to the the bride and bridegroom analogy, uh, which is part of this story, is that uh, the church or is is the bride of Christ. It's a it's a to be a faithful partner uh, and a, a loving partner, and and likewise he is a perfect groom. He's not he's not an idiot husband. He's not the guy you know out drinking beers when he should be home taking care of his family. He's a loving God, a loving Father, and um, a, a loving Savior. Kyle, a couple of final thoughts. So in our lives and our our walk with God, we're going to have sin, right? None of us get away from it, around it, or whatever. I see that as the rips and tears. You know, it's the rips and tears in ourselves. And our faith is that patch that helps keep us together. Our faith is an ever-living being, I guess, is what I want to say here, that it, it will conform to the size that it needs to be. You know, it will, you know, it washes us, which puts us in a repairable state, I guess. Um, it, it's a, it's a, a transformative um, thing when you when you really get down to it that if we can have our faith in God that no matter what happens in life no matter what tears snags snarls or gets at us that if we're able to go back to our faith and now that we can go directly to God on our own privately I, I think that's what it's all about um, and don't put New wine and old wineskins. I like my wine, so don't waste the wine. It's going to break and, and go on the floor. That's just not good. Um, so, you know, seek God in, in everything. And just remember, no matter what, your faith can help repair the damage. Very good. Michael Cropper. Yeah, I am uh, remembering things in the New Testament. First of all, the, the, the New Covenant... I'm thankful the Lord did what he did. He came here and he died on the cross for our sins to restore our relationship with Yahweh God the Father. 
And Jesus chose to do it willingly. Uh, it was a pretty horrible death. But anyway, I'm thankful for it. And the purpose of it, again, as Steve has mentioned, Robert mentioned, uh, it's to bring us close to God so that we can worship God in spirit and in truth. And we no, we no longer need to sacrifice animals for our sins. We must provide ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. So what I get from that, and Steve made this comment, I like this very much, I, I think if you're part of the covenant and you've given your life to Christ, you can choose to follow some of the old rules, but I think it's your choice. Um, I think if you want to you want to follow the rituals of the Old Testament, that's fine, uh, because again, God doesn't look at what you do, he looks at your heart and why you do it. Perfect, thank you. And I'm going to just wrap up with when you're going to look at this, don't start constructing your faith with old parts. Make sure you throw out the old and bring the new in so that you can build a solid foundation for your faith as you move up because that foundation is what enables you to engage other people and share your faith like we're called to. And for podcast number 207, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, on behalf of the director, Bill Cox, Steve Titch, the gambler, the deacon Kyle Trahan, the judge, Michael Cropper, this is Robert Koshy, the professor, inviting each and every man to find a church that you can be a part of. If you need an online option, join Sugarland Baptist Church at sugarlandbaptist.org Sunday mornings at 9.45 a.m. Central Time for online. If not, we encourage you to be here in person. If you're not in the Houston area, find a church, find a Bible-based church where you can go and be a part of a men's group that you can share your faith and talk about it the way we do here on the podcast. And as Bill likes to say, if there is not one there, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.